What's shaking, Fire Nation? JLD here with a question and answer podcast episode. This is where I take questions from you, Fire Nation. I have no idea what questions are coming, but I call you up on Skype and we have a little conversation and then you ask me any question you want and I do my very, very best to answer and a lot of great conversations result. So I hope you enjoy. We'll be kicking in as soon as we get back from thanking our sponsor. Fire Nation, what if you were able to provide so much value to other businesses that they wanted to pay you month after month to keep providing that service? I'm talking about one thing, helping them acquire customers. The need for this skill in today's online world is on fire and it's never going away. Businesses will always need customers to stay in business, right? Well, my friend, Billy Jean, has put together a free training that will teach you exactly how he provides this service, how he charges for it, and how you can do the same thing. Visit watchbilliesvideo.com to access this training while it's still free. What's going on, man? Jeremy, how are you doing today? And I am grateful. What about yourself? You know, Puerto Rico's sun is shining, our birds are singing, life is pretty good. Hablas español? <laughs> no espanol. <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs> you know, it's on my to-do list, but I'm not going to lie. It's pretty far down my to-do list. So <laughs> if I get to it, a lot of other major life goals will be accomplished. And, you know, that's maybe just a, a great way to kick off this uh, podcast episode right now because you can only do so many things. And everybody's just like, John, why aren't you learning Spanish right now? It's because I'm running a seven-figure business. I'm traveling around the world. I'm creating courses and content and podcasts. And I love doing all those things. And I'm focusing on health and wellness and fitness and learning about nutrition. I'm doing all of these things. And guess what? I would love to stab my fingers and know how to speak Spanish, but it doesn't come overnight and you can't do everything. So if it's not a heck yes, Fire Nation, sometimes it just has to be a no, or at least in my case, not right now. So anyways, Jeremy, thanks for that first little rant, but uh, give us a little introduction of uh, who you are, what you have going on in the world, and uh, let's get to your question. Absolutely. And so one of the things I'm passionate about is not only helping people rediscover, re- regain their control of their fire, no pun intended, but also to implement the systems in place to fortify the mental and emotional fortitude, uh, the, their sustainability, because without the systems, they're going to fizzle out and that fire is going to die. And and so I wanted to ask you, when it comes down to, because recently there was a um, there were some things that I had went through in my business and I had to let go of a business partner. When you are making a transition, when you're making those moves and you have to do things at lightning speed sometimes, you know what I mean? When it comes to your background and operating a seven-figure business, how do you pivot swiftly? So there is one thing that I do feel like might have saved my life a few times while I was in the army. And I don't say that figuratively. I say that literally. And it was actually taught to me by one of my old platoon sergeants because, you know, there I was on the battlefield, like during a firefight, like trying to be General Patton and like make this amazing decision that's going to like change the, the the course of the battle and the, and the war. And he grabs me and he's like, LT, the bullets are flying. A good decision now is better than a great decision later. And I think mm. that a huge mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs make is they're like, what is a great decision? I need to make the best, perfect, amazing decision 
decision right now. And if I don't, then um, I'm just not going to make any decision at all because I just feel like if it's not a great decision, I'm not going to do anything. But the reality is you need to really just make a lot of good decisions to the best of your ability very quickly and then pivot and move on to that next step because it's the people that sit around and try to have that perfect, great decision. All those opportunities are flying by you. So, you know, when you had to make that transition away from your partner, I can guarantee you that that went on way too long, that that decision was way too long in coming. And when it happened, it happened far too slowly. And all that time, (laughs) you were wasting opportunities. You were spending your bandwidth on something else, which by the way, Jeremy, goes back to the very first part of this conversation where I can't do everything. I can't learn Spanish and travel the world and become the healthiest version of myself and create a you know, a, a podcast and Instagram. So I can't do everything. And that's why I just had to decide some things I, I can't do right now, at least. And, and I think that's kind of getting to the just uh, position, the juxt position of where you're at, which is like, you know, I need to move quickly. I need to make decisions in my business. But, you know, how do I do that? How do I know how to pivot and what to do? The the answer is you're never going to know before you do it if it's the right decision. You're never going to know if what you're choosing to do, the pivot you're making is a great decision. That's why I just make a bunch of little pivots quickly, as good as possible. And then I say, okay, what's the AAR? What's the after action review on that? And, you know, if if I made the wrong um, pivot... I'm not going to get lost in that sunk cost fallacy of saying, oh my God, I made that decision. I had to stick with it. You know, like people that go through med school and dental school and law school, they're like, I just paid $100,000 in um, all those, you know, schooling fees and I have all this college debt now and all this school debt. I, I just have to be a doctor for the next 30 to 40 years. So you're saying the decision that you made when you were 23, 24, 25 is now going to impact the next 80 years of your life? Like, that's sad. That's that's sad. And so be quick with those decisions. Be good with them. Um, don't worry about being great. But then just always be evaluating yourself and go back and change because there's no perfect solution. There's no perfect formula. There's no like step-by-step process because if there was, then everybody would be doing it and we'd all be running these perfect businesses. I screw up every single day. Somehow, some way, Kate's like, John, are you serious? Like, you, you did it again. You broke this. You know, you did that. And I'm like, oops, my bad. And we get through it, and we get a little bit better next time, and a little bit better. We put another system in place, and then that system breaks. So there's just no perfect answer here. It's just you've just got to be committed to the process and making a good decision right now. Move forward, evaluate that decision in a couple days, in a couple weeks, and then make adjustments as you need. So that being said, I want to go back right now because I'm curious. I think Foundation will get a lot of value from this. (laughs) You have no idea where I'm going, but I still love that you're excited and laughing. I'm totally fine. (laughs) I want to go back right now to the transition you made with your partner because I think it's going to be really valuable for Fire Nation because listen, my listeners, entrepreneurs in general, you know, they're great at certain things. They're crappy at other things. So they're saying, okay, let's just, I'm just going to partner up with somebody who's great at the things that I'm crappy at and we're going to make a business out of this. And guess what? Sometimes it works really well and a lot of times it doesn't work really well. And so I kind of want to talk through that because I think you telling us your story and let's kind of go back a little bit, Jeremy, like tell us how you came up with the idea, how you decided to partner up, how the partnership went for a while, why it fell apart, and how you transitioned out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, over the past two years or so have been a, it was more so of one bad partnership snowballing into the other is way what, what happened. And when he and I connected, we 
we went based on because I was exiting out of another partnership with someone who could not fulfill their end. And he talked a good game. And I made the mistake of not giving him a trial period to prove himself and jumped right into it. And just one thing after another, um, over the period of seven months or so, things were just the, the unity wasn't there. And there's a difference between someone being driven and someone having drive. And that's where when he and I would, could, we would connect on different things. Our communication was almost there, but it was still not on the same level. It was not, it wasn't the same wavelength. And there's a difference between, and I, and I understand this more and more every day, is that it's not just about their talents. It's also about their character. And I had to make a very, very, very swift move. And there were, I mean, there was a lot of, it was emotional. I mean, I mean, golly. And I had, he threatened to sue me for defamation. Oh. I mean, he was, he was literally in breach of his contract, of his operating agreement. And I had a, I mean, just nervous story would line up and anything like that. And it was just going through all of that. He went through, he went actually, uh, I worked backwards. You know, I'm glad I have, I have advisors. I have people that pour into me that are well beyond where I'm at. Thank goodness. And that's where I worked backwards. I started talking to not only the prospects that, that I brought through the door, but also to our strategic partners and also my, uh, I mean, our clients, well, my clients <laughs> and told them that I had, had let him go. And then kind of forewarned them. Uh, I don't think he's going to do this, but worst case scenario, ABC is going to happen. And sure enough, he went behind my back, quote unquote, vented to them, his side of the story, very passively trying to throw dirt on me. And it was just, it was very ugly. And they all sent screenshots to me about all of it when it was happening. Mm. And I, um, I'm grateful for good people because the team that, the team that I have now, we've accomplished more because of the unity in our hearts and our talent. Our, our talents are there, but the unity in our heart and our compassion, our mission, we've accomplished more in the past five weeks than we have than I was able to accomplish in the past seven months. I mean, it's unbelievable how one literally rotten apple can just <laughs> grind the gears to an absolute halt. And you're yeah. literally having to do all the things. And again, this is going back to spending time, energy, and bandwidth it's all limited for all of us. We only have so much of all of those things. And when we're not putting all of that awesomeness into making our business more awesome, then we're wasting this huge opportunity. You know, this value cost is just going out the window. And so there's a couple of things I want to go over real quick that you said, and uh, I have a couple clarifying points I'm curious about. So number one, I think super important, Fire Nation, trial period is key. I mean, I, I honestly, Jeremy, feel the same way about a house. I feel like before you buy, before you literally spend what's going to be for most people the biggest investment of your life, there, there seems to be more of this. I know it's not going to happen because, you know, of course, sellers usually hold most of the power. But man, if you can find a way to live in a house for four to six months before you actually buy that house you are going to be so much better off because I have so many horror stories and you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I, Kate and I bought our dream home down here in Puerto Rico, but man, if we had lived in it for six months before, I think we still would have bought it, but we would have definitely been uh, able to say, Hey, A, B and C really needs to be addressed before we make this happen. Because 
it's just, you know, it's just a reality that there's going to be things that are wrong with everything, whether you buy a house and make a partnership, you need to have this trial period. And if you can have a trial period for six months before you buy a house, you're going to know for sure the end of those six months, hey, this is the house for me, or B, it's not the house for me, or C, this is the house for me if I can get this, this, and this really squared away you know, by the current owner, X, Y, Z. And it can be the same thing with a business partner. So you have to have that trial period, make it super clear, say, hey, for six months, for eight months, for 10 months, for however long it makes sense for your current business model, say, let's try this partnership out, At the end, we'll both sit down like adults and we'll have a conversation and we'll see if this is worth going on. It's so critical, Fire Nation, because if you don't, you really could get caught in this trap of, you know, you just have a rotten apple because, you know, he he or she talks to talk and they initially walk to walk, but then, you know, they're doing this stuff behind your back. So trial period is super key. Um, One thing I'm kind of curious about with you, uh, something else I wanted to clarify, Jeremy, when you're talking about, it's not just about talents, um, it's more about character. And this is one thing that I really think is an important conversation. And Gary Vaynerchuk, I think, talks about this really well, about how he doesn't hire for talent because because that can be taught. Skills can be taught. Of course, you have people that are naturally talented or something. They're going to be a gifted coder or fill in the blank. Of course, that's going to happen. But you can teach skills, but you can't teach character. You can't teach culture. So he always hires for character. He always hires for culture. Because if they're a character and culture fit, then they're going to grow with that. But if they have just the skill set and they're not a culture fit, you can't teach that. So what are your thoughts on that little uh, repertoire right there? Oh, man, um, I'll just say this. Grit makes the fit. When they, Because that's the biggest thing is for me is culture. I, I One of the things I had to go back and realize, I mean, because all of this happened within three days of amending the agreement, getting, I mean, it's just, it was so rapid pace. And I had to do some self-evaluation because, because I was the only consistency over those other bad partnerships. And so when you, when we talk about hiring on character, we also have to make sure that as leadership, that what we're bringing into that, uh, into that atmosphere is what's actually cultivating that. And so I had to really do some evaluation while making some pivots. I mean, all of this was happening simultaneously and it was, um, I had to do so. I had to really do a deep dive on myself, but because I grew up in blue collar, and one of the things is that with everyone that's on the job site, whether it's um, in person or if it's even behind the scenes on a project management tool, if someone runs any kind of company, the culture is where <laughs> I'm not going to do business with someone if I don't like them. Um, I'm not going to work with someone if we don't get along because that's just asking for unnecessary drama. And when bringing on a partner or an employee or a contractor or an intern, however that looks for any scale of the business, but it ha- they have to be able to, to bring in peace into the atmosphere because I will never sacrifice unity over talent any day. Because I've seen it happen. I've seen the ugly side and I've seen the good side. My dad, uh, my, that's actually one of the reasons why I resigned working with my dad's business when I was growing up because he was allowing drug use on the job site. And I just could not, I just could not align with that. I could not do that. And it wasn't more so that he was allowing it. He was just, he felt helpless. And it was, it was to that point of where the character of the leader was permitting the culture in the company. And so when someone's focus is character, 
I mean, anyone can buy a course or, you know, get training, uh, have someone come in and train their company on whatever it is. Like for our case, it'd be automation. But like it, even then, automation still, you have to have character. You can't do anything when it comes to a talent if the empathy is not there. I think there's a lot of takeaways, Fire Nation, in this, and I think this could really help a lot of you if you just apply this mentality, you know, at the very least, the six-month trial. You have to make that happen and really sit down and see if you align with that comment, you know, and, and I want to repeat it one more time because I love how you phrased that. Never sacrifice unity over talent. So if you align with that, Fire Nation, make sure you align with that with your hires. Never sacrifice unity over talent period. You know, you have Randy Moss, you know, one of the most successful uh, wide receivers of all time to give a sports, you know, analogy here, but he could be a cancer to certain teams. And so he had all those talents, but hey, it's the win losses that matter in the NFL. And the other phrase I love that you used right at the beginning was grit makes the fit. Grit makes the fit. So I definitely love that too. And Jeremy, let's <laughs> let's end with this because this is my question that I wrote down right when you first started chatting because I didn't quite understand it. You said there's a difference between being driven and having drive. What does that mean? It goes back to this, the grit makes the fit. If their heart is not into the vision of what you like, what we have as leaders, they can be driven by something ulterior, but not have the drive that sticks in there. And with the one that when the thick and the like, when it comes to the storm hits, when things get rocky, when things get uh, when things get get really ugly, which they will. Oh yeah. What are they driven by is what they're driven by the drive that's in the company. And that's where the unity comes in because people are driven for whatever they believe is the right thing to do. But if their drive doesn't match the vision, then the whole thing will fall apart. Jeremy, brother, thank you for spending some time with us today. Let's do this. Um, give us a parting piece of guidance. It could be on theme if you want it to. It could be something completely off theme either way, just you know, something valuable that you think uh, our, our listeners, Fire Nation, could get some, some cool value from. And you know, give us a final uh, little shout out like of who you are, what you have going on, and then we'll say goodbye. Yeah, I would just say this, guys, that when you're looking at the, the, the problems that are in front of you, Take a look at yourself and see if there's anything that you can do to change it. Because a lot of things that are that are happening are self-inflicted, but that's also the good news because you still have the power to change it. And you know, with that's why when it comes down to the, you know, and I love it because it's not just about the fire that we have inside of us. You know, with uh, with a company that that we put together, Chat Faster, it's all about how can we armor up the legacy to sustain it for the next generation, and that's the passion behind what we're doing with Chat Faster to be able to bring that to people so that way they can be a, a bigger influence to those around them and grow that impact one day at a time, one step at a time. Cool. And where can people find out more? Well, just go to chatfaster.com. Chatfaster.com. Jeremy, thanks for hanging out. And Fire Nation, we have another amazing question coming up when we get back from thanking our sponsor. Fire Nation, we tend to overcomplicate things, but the way to make money is really quite simple. Solve someone else's problem. The catch is, the more people who can solve the same problem, the less you'll get paid. Think about servers at restaurants or cleaning houses. There's no problem with these solutions. It's just that a lot of people can do it, and therefore it results in a race to the bottom. I want you in a race to the top. The top is where very few people have the skill set necessary to solve problems that are greatly important to others. Think 
think performing surgery or winning a lawsuit. These solutions are tough to master and therefore a premium is paid in exchange for them. Now, if you're like me, you don't want to go to med school or law school, first semester dropout here, but you can learn an incredibly valuable skill that any business would be willing to pay a premium for, acquiring new customers. These customers could be for your own business or for others' businesses. The best part, you can start learning how to do this today for free. My friend Billy Jean is a master when it comes to acquiring customers, and he has a free training that will teach you exactly how to do it in any niche. Visit watchbillysvideo.com to access his free training today. That's watchbillysvideo.com, and join us in the race to the top. Hello? Daisy, how are you doing today? Oh my goodness, I'm good. How are you? You know, Puerto Rico's doing great, and uh, I get to chat from uh, to somebody from Canada. Are you uh, still in British Columbia right now? Yes, I am. Wow. Yes. How close to Whistler and Blackcomb are you? I would say about an hour drive. Man, I am jealous. That is my favorite ski resort in the world. Is it? Um, I don't really ski, but I do <laughs> like going there. <laughs> Oh, love it. Well, Daisy, I'm excited to chat today. Um, I saw you put a little uh, nice little monkey emoji on the chat with the covering the eyes. Uh, Does that mean you're a little bit nervous or something? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Well, take a second uh, to relax and just take a deep breath and just introduce yourself. Let Fire Nation know who you are. We know you're from British Columbia now, but uh, what else is going on? Um, Well, I just started my podcast. Um, It launched in June, so the middle of June. Nice. Um, What's the name? It's the Radical Self Podcast. The Radical Self. What was the real theme behind that podcast? Well, it's funny because that's that's actually my question for you. <laughs> but, wow. Am I a mind reader? The answer is no, but that was random. <laughs> a little bit. So when I first started this podcast, my idea was I wanted to highlight people like down to earth, everyday people um, that have gone through some sort of a um inner struggle. So either a loss of someone, financial, self-belief, etc. But at the same time, they kind of managed to work through it through positivity and kindness and have now created a life that maybe they only once imagined. So that's kind of the idea behind it. So it's bringing courage um, to the forefront and that sort of stuff, I guess. Um, But my question was that I'm a yoga teacher So whenever I talk to people about my podcast, the first thing that comes to mind for them is, oh, so is your podcast about yoga? And so I kind of, I'm kind of thrown in this bit of a loop because I kind of want to still tie my, um, my teachings and my practice into my podcast, but it's not really about yoga. I think you have to make a clear distinction here, Daisy, because you teach yoga, you do love yoga, but your podcast, I can just tell by how you're describing it, is one that you want to make a big impact with the world. And you want people to be able to listen and enjoy and go to your show and not feel like, oh, this is for yogis or this is for people that like yoga or maybe fitness or health or wellness. And you just don't want to kind of have that niche around what you're doing with the show because that's not the direction you're going. If you were to come to me right now and say, John, 
I love yoga. I teach yoga. I eat, breathe, and do all the things with yoga. So I want to make a show all about yoga and how it can, you know, help your mind and your body and your fitness. I'd be like, that's a great niche. You can really focus in on that. You can really carve out something pretty special. You know, maybe now we're going to talk about a certain age range, a certain gender. So you're really speaking to your core audience, especially to start. But that's not the direction you're going. And that's totally fine. Like you really want to talk with people who have had a deep inner struggle and then have taken that struggle, you know, seen the bottom, but then also seen the silver lining and somehow figured out a way to get out of that, those doldrums and then into the light and then into success. And that story, like that transformation is going to be universal. And that's where you're going to really be able to share uh, so many helpful tips to people who are in that dark spot. And I can give you a perfect example. So if you've listened to any entrepreneurs on fire, I really have made my business and I've really built my podcast really around one question. I mean, of course, there was a bunch of questions, but the real core question that really made the podcast, in my opinion, and this is from a lot of feedback over you know almost six years now and over 2,000 episodes, is that my listeners knew when they pressed the play button that they were going to hear me ask my audience, I mean, sorry, my guest at the mm-hmm. very first time, what is your worst entrepreneurial moment. Take us to that moment. Tell us that story. Because so many of my listeners, and myself included, have been through bad times, have been through rough times in our businesses. And to hear other people who we look up to, who we admire, who are rock and rolling right now, and to know that they did go through these struggles, that they are human, that they um, you know, really went through these obstacles and challenges. But guess what? Here is how they got out of it. And not every single episode is going to apply to me, meaning that I might not learn that much from this person's struggle and how they got out of it, but maybe the next episode or the next episode. And then there's so many times people found that exact individual who went through such a similar struggle. And the way that they got out of that struggle was the perfect solution for the listener as well. And so that really built the base and the core that brought entrepreneurs on fire to well over a million listens per month. You know, and it really was something that I used to catapult. Now, of course, at episode 2000, I made a personal shift because I wanted to go in a different direction for my audio masterclass interviews on Monday and then these, you know, variety shows so I can speak and chat with people like you, Daisy, on Thursdays and just, you know, answer some really cool questions. So you now really wanting to go into what's going to be that one transformational question, I think can really, really take you a long ways. My question is, how are you going to niche that question down? Because I think that you could really have a lot of different struggles and, and obstacles that people are going to share that could be all over the map, which is really going to make it hard for your listeners to to really understand what cohesion this podcast really is. So what's going to be your solution to that? Like, how are you really going to drill into that question to make it powerful for your listeners? Right now, I do ask them, my guests, something, and it's what was your lowest point in life? That was, but I don't know if that is that too broad? Well, let me ask you this question first. Like, what is your goal with your guest for their answer? Like, what are you really hoping that they share? I'm hoping that they share a, a point where they felt a sense of depression, um, where they had the choice of either taking this road, which is the road that they actually took, and it's working through their struggle and coming out at the other end, or 
when they found themselves, you know, I'd rather just stay in this comfort zone of not wanting to do anything, just cozy up and just, um, you know, go through the, oh, oh, woe is me sort of thing, sort of idea. But ideally, because I'm inviting the, I've invited them into my podcast, they have taken this other, this separate road of going through the struggle and working through it. So who is your perfect listener? Like if you could conjure that avatar of that one person that's listening to this podcast that you're just like, I know that this type of content is going to change that listener's life. Ideally, she's a, a woman around 34, 35 years old. Um, she has so much lack of self-belief, um, so much doubt in herself now. Like she's kind of made a decision in her life of just kind of going with the flow rather than having taken this one risk that she could have done years ago. And now I lost my train of thought, but <laughs> it's kind of that, that idea where she had the option at one point in her life of taking this risk, but she decided to go the comfy route and now she kind of regrets it. So you're basically looking at somebody in their mid thirties, who's a female who is going to enjoy listening to, or not necessarily enjoy so much, but just get a lot of value out of hearing somebody's really darkest, lowest moment and how they transitioned out of it. Is that where we're going so far? Yes, that's right. Yeah. So what is going to kind of be your follow-up question to after the person shares that lowest moment? Like what's the next step in the interview? Oh, I should have brought up my questions. Um, so the next thing was... Um, Oh, shoot. I don't have it with me. I mean, I actually think that the natural transition to that point would be after they share their stories to say, okay, listen, so, you know, thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that really heartfelt story that, you know, was very difficult for you to share. I'm sure to conjure up those memories again. Now let's talk about when you were able to start going towards the light, when you were able to turn, you know, away from what you were struggling with and in that dark moment, that depressing moment and start moving forward towards the success or the significance that you've achieved right now. Like to me, that will be the next progression of the story because I think what a lot of your listeners are going to want to hear is number one, they're going to want to hear the, the struggles of others because that's just a human thing. Like we do like hearing stories of failure and you know despair and depression a lot of times. And that's not everybody, but that is a lot of people really do want to hear that because then they're able to say, okay, you know, I mean, if, you know, here I am complaining about the fact that my microphone won't turn on, but this person is talking about, you know, being, you know, diagnosed with bone cancer when they were 13 mm -hmm. years old. I mean, let's put things in perspective here. And perspective is mm -hmm. something that we as humans have a hard time doing naturally. So when we have that kind of thrown in our face, it's like, okay, like life is not you know, awesome for me right now, but it could be worse. Let's have that perspective. But now you need to really take that story and say, okay, now what's the learning part from it? How am I going to give value to my audience? So they're not just hearing you know, this kind of sad sob story over and over mm -hmm. again when they're hearing your podcast, but now they're, they're getting the path. They're having the journey revealed of how other people have taken a low moment and come into the lights. And so that needs to be that natural uh, progression, in my opinion, of where mm -hmm. you're taking your podcast. Okay, perfect. So let's get a little more specific here as we kind okay. of, you know, wrap up at the end of this, uh, our time together. But, you know, what is like, would you say is your number one struggle right now with everything that you're creating? It could be via the podcast. It just could be, you know, life in general, like not skiing, living in Canada. So what do you do during the winters? <laughs> I have no idea except just be incredibly low in natural vitamin D, which is horrible. So talk to yeah. me. 
Okay. Because it rains so much here, we have a tendency of either staying inside or traveling. But um, aside from that, uh, my biggest struggle, I think, in what I'm, I'm creating and my message is keeping that cohesive message with everything that I do. Um, there's a lot that I kind of want to do in the world. There's a lot of people that I would like to help with what I do, but, um, I'm finding that there's a lot of niching down that I hear, um, quite often. And I have a hard time just kind of doing that, just keeping a cohesive message to one particular set of people. And the problem with that is now you're throwing yourself in the lot of the majority because everybody struggles with that. Everybody struggles with a cohesive message. Everybody struggles niching down. So what do all of you do? You just stand outside in the wind and the rain of British Columbia (laughs) and you scream just like everybody else is screaming, but nobody can hear you because you're not speaking to a core audience. You're not speaking Mm -hmm. just so clearly. So, you know, I feel like you've gone a good path with your avatar. I feel like you need to keep going down that path. I mean, the fact that, you know, you gave a pretty tight age range and a gender and you've done a few things about the state that she's at in her life. I think you're going in the right direction. Now I need you to, I think that you need to sit down and say, how can I make this so obvious that this is for like this avatar, this core listenership. And that's how you're going to get that initial momentum, that initial feedback from your listeners. And then they're going to be able to tell you what they like, what they don't like, you know, th- what <laughs> their struggles are. So you can continue to evolve your show. Because your show, when you launch it, listen, it's not going to be that good. It's not going <laughs> to be that popular. It's not going to uh, be um, solving all the problems that you want to be solving. But that's, that's exactly why you need to launch it because you're not going to be able to do all any of those things until you launch it and start getting feedback from your audience. So you have to double down on that feedback, get it, apply it to your show and keep moving forward. And I can tell you one thing that I think can help right now, since this is my show, I can do this. <laughs> I've just <laughs> launched a completely free training. It's called Three Hours to Your Big Idea. The way that I describe it actually is most people are in one of three camps. They either don't have a big idea or they have a lot of ideas and they're not sure which is their big idea or they do have their big idea, but they need clarity, focus, and direction. And honestly, I think that you're really hedging into that third group where you really do have a good big idea. Like I like where you're going, but you need clarity. You need focus. Mm -hmm. You need direction. That's what this free training does. So I'm calling you out right now. Will you commit three hours to go and take this free training and then email me back about what came out of that training so I can post it along with this episode? Absolutely. Yes. Daisy, yourbigidea.io. Okay. That's what I was about to ask. (laughs) (laughs) So you are a mind reader. (laughs) I am a mind reader. Yourbigidea.io. And that goes for you too, Fire Nation, because you are in one of those three camps. If you don't have a big idea, I get it. They're tough to come up with. Um, If you have a lot of ideas and you don't know which is the big idea, that's pretty common too, because if you are listening to this podcast, you're obviously some form of entrepreneur and that's what we do. We come up with ideas. Or if you have an idea that's really starting to take some good solid shape like Daisy here, you need direction, you need focus, you need clarity. And she is lacking at least two of those three things. Um, So visit yourbigidea.io, get that done in three hours. And I'm telling you, your big idea is going to give you so much clarity, so much direction, so much focus moving forward. Daisy, do this. I'm putting you on the spot for the last time on this episode. 
give Fire Nation some form of a, a parting piece of guidance. You know, it can be anything that of that we've been talking about today. It can be totally off theme topic about something else. It can be really anything, but just something of value that you think our listeners could really walk away with and maybe improve their lives. Whenever you find yourself in a tough spot in your life to pause and take three very big, deep belly breaths and then open your eyes and continue on your day. I love that you said belly breaths because so many of us, and I'm pointing at myself here, you know, we're chest breathers. We're these shallow chest breathers. We're not getting the full oxygen to our body. That's why I actually launched a daily three-minute podcast called The Daily Refresh, where it has a one-minute breathing exercise, which teaches you how to breathe in your belly. So take that advice, Fire Nation. Daisy's knocking it out of the park. And Daisy, let us know uh, where we can find out more about your podcast and you in general. So I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Daisy J's. So that's um, Daisy J-E-Y-S and .com as well. Thanks, Daisy. Fire Nation, hope you enjoyed the Q&A session today. We had a blast. Daisy had a blast. And, you know, as a final call to action, again, don't get confused. Like, it's really not that difficult. I'm just asking you to give me three hours. Give me three hours and I'll give you your big idea. Yourbigidea.io. You owe it to yourself and you are worth those three hours of investment, Fire Nation, guaranteed. So I will catch you on the flip side. Thanks so much, John. I can't believe I I got a chance to speak to you one-on-one. This is amazing. Fire Nation, do you feel like you're on top of the world? Like you're fulfilled in your relationships, health, and career? Well, I can't really help you with the first two, but my buddy Billy Jean has helped thousands of entrepreneurs master the most lucrative skill in 2018, acquiring new customers. If you want to learn how to get customers on autopilot for your own business or provide it as a service for others' businesses, then pay attention. My friend Billy Jean is a master when it comes to acquiring customers, and he has a free training that will teach you exactly how to do it in any niche. Visit watchbillysvideo.com right now to access this training while it's still free.